Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. morning, good afternoon, good evening, good midnight. If you're listening to this at midnight, who knows? Happy Monday, regardless. I, how has your guys' week been? Mine has been cold. I, cold? It was very cold. Uh, I went sledding a lot. Um, we're going to get into my life and where I am and what have you <laughs> soon, I promise. I know I've been teasing it for the last couple weeks, um, but soon. I'm getting used to the lingo here. Uh, for one, sledding is really skidooing, but apparently you don't say skidooing because skidooing is a brand and the people who drive a Polaris skidoo would laugh at you and roll their eyes. So we went sledding, not skidooing, which is the same thing really. And the other one that I mess up on all the time, which is apparently a French versus English thing, is dinner is really supper because in French... Supper is souper, and lunch is dinner, So, or lunch is dîner. So if you say, let's go for dinner, they think you're saying lunch, because dîner in French is lunch in English. And then if you say, on va manger souper, which means dinner for us, but really supper in translation, that was really confusing. But still working on that, because people are making fun of me and what have you. So, you know, just living my best life trying to say the right thing so people don't make fun of me. But, oh well. It is what it is. I hate that saying. Oh my God, I hate that saying. I can't believe I just said it. Um, something really cool too that I'm going to be doing um, is Katie from Bald and Bodacious. Me and her have started a virtual book club, which I am super excited about. So she just got the first book that I Amazon to her. Um, we have about a month or so to read it together. So I have my copy. She has her copy that I sent her. And then we're going to have like a virtual FaceTime wine date after we read it and then for the next month she sends me a book and then we both read that book and then um what have you which is kind of cool it's like a mini book subscription package with a facetime and wine ketchup included into it so that's really cool too something that i just started organizing um which i love because i literally have no friends who read so i'm really happy that my interview with katie kind of stemmed into us doing a virtual book club which is cool um but today's guests i'm really excited about they're actually two guests um they are a couple they are doctors um we're going to talk about all things relationships all things um couples basically it's the relationship episode today um so i'm super excited they're in the waiting room so let's go get them on Right, so we have um, our my special guest here with us today. Hey guys, hi, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Where um where are you guys located? We are in the uh, northwest suburbs of Chicago. Oh, that's really cool. Um, I'm currently in just outside of Niagara Falls in Canada. So, oh, very nice. so you guys aren't too very far nice. away then. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We actually we interviewed a couple that's pretty close to you. Actually. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, in Canada. Yeah. Oh, that's that's super cool. It's funny because when I was talking with your your booking agent and she was using Central Standard Time, and I was like, "Wait, what's the conversion to Eastern Time?" <laughs> so that made me giggle. I was like, "Where are you guys? Um, do you guys want to introduce yourselves?" Yeah, sure. I'm Dr. Ray Kadkodian, and I'm Jean Kadkodian, and we are with Couples Synergy. And we have been working with couples for over 20 years. You know, I was doing the math. When we started our process of working with couples, you were 29. Wow. And I was 35. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's, so where did you guys meet? Like, what? Like, tell me your guys' story. Yeah, so we met at a community mental health center. Okay. So I was doing resident. I was doing job coaching mm-hmm. at job you know, coaching at the time. Residential and your job. Residential counseling. So we were brand new into the field. Mm-hmm. Well, at that job. And we were working on our master's degree mm-hmm. in clinical psychology at that time. Very cool. And we kind of had common clients that we had to talk about and we struck up a friendship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of bloomed from there. <laughs> it bloomed from there. You know, especially doing this work, you're, if you're the type of person that wants to analyze things and really dive deep into stuff, most people don't like to hang around with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's a bit much. But we we were both so passionate about it that it was like we just love to talk about our work, relationships, all the kind of stuff we do. So it was such a good fit because we didn't know each other. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I'm actually doing a mental health and addiction certificate right now through one of the universities in Toronto. Um, and I just finished my clinical psychology course. So that's pretty cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's great. What, um, can, so what kind of pursued you guys to go into the career of helping other couples and, and kind of focusing on, on couples? Yeah, that's a great question. We started out in the mental health field just mm-hmm. kind of doing uh, general counseling. Okay. And we were working in a another community mental health center together. And often in those settings, you are thrown into uh, doing couples work and doing family work mm-hmm. without having any training whatsoever. Yeah, the field doesn't really specifically train you in anything. It's sort of like you garden variety yeah. and most people don't know that and it was kind of not a good experience mm-hmm. it wasn't effective we weren't helping people and we thought you know we can do this better so when you would tell people what you do they'd be like <laughs> so it's, it was pretty humbling to have that passion we were a little bit ahead of our times where now you know people really seek it out and, and really want to thrive in that aspect of their life so you guys you guys work mostly with then with couples Primarily, that's exactly what we do. Um, I usually work with the uh, husbands or the males in the relationship, and Jean works with the wives or females in the relationship. And in that way, we're able to really help each member of the couple, you know, with their role and what they have power and control over changing in the relationship. And in that way, the relationship can grow together. Very interesting. Um, This is kind of just stem based on what you guys were just telling me. Do you guys work with like same sex couples too, or strictly like male female relationships? We have worked with same sex couples in the past. um, Probably 10, 15%, you know, uh, the couples that we've worked with have been same gender. Cool. And you find like the same, the same things you kind of work with, with male, female relationships, you find the same with same sex couple relationships as well. Yeah. Because, you know, in order for energy to have a spark, there has to be the positive and the negative, just like on a battery. And so 
everyone aligns with that. And even in in uh, heterosexual couples, sometimes the female's more masculine and sometimes the male's more feminine. Fair. But there's always going to be that arc. It's just two people coming together. If if both people were masculine or both people are feminine, it, it doesn't really work. Did, you don't really see that. Yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. Um, so what's kind of the number one problem couples complain about in their relationship? If you were to pick one. The, the number one thing across the board that all couples complain about is a lack of communication or communication I, problem. I feel like I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. But that's not what our experience has actually been. Like you two our together? Is actually that they don't spend any time together mm. and they don't invest in their relationship. So they notice it in communication, but the breakdown happens long before that. Oh, just because like they don't spend enough time together or like do activities together, so to speak? Really, it's about investment, okay. right? And so it's like a bank account. If you don't invest in it, you can't withdraw from it. Mm-hmm. And so couples are trying to work through problems and challenges and conflict, but they don't have any investment in that relationship to draw. Oh. So like, what, yeah, would you, what would you say like is a, an example of somebody being invested in that relationship? Because I know like, for example, people in their 20s um, and like some of my friends and people that I know, they, they would have no idea what that means to be invested in a relationship. <laughs> like they would think it's like you know, moving in with somebody. Oh, I'm invested. <laughs> our number one commodity that we have to offer mm-hmm. and that we seek is attention. Mm. And our attention is being pulled so much from our screens. And if you have little children from your little kids. Yep. And so there's no energy left or drive left for the relationship when they when the couple does come back together and so that's who's getting the investment and we always think about it like this if you are on social media right and every minute of your day is worth a dollar and you spend an hour on social media you've just given that platform 60 bucks it didn't give you anything back true and if you sit like we're doing and we're talking face to face for an hour or whatever, you give us 60 bucks, we give you 60 bucks. There's an exchange. Mm-hmm. And then there's the investment, which is like when you when you do something that, like say you remodel a room, and then every time you walk back in that room, you feel the energy of that. Those are the investments. So like going on vacations mm-hmm. together, new experiences, all that stuff, you reminisce about it and you bring all that energy back. True. Those are those deposits and investments that people are – not doing and for some reason it feels like so so many other things are so much more important fair do you think that's because maybe like it's a it could be like a financial issue or like even covid like related like is that why people aren't doing it or just because they just don't have enough time there's a lot of different factors and distractions that could really pull people away from investing in the relationship Mm -hmm. you know covid is can be just one of those reasons you know where people focus on the fear and, you know, the anxiety about it and the worry about it. And so that consumes themselves, right? You know, it could be kids. It could be extended family. True. Right? It could be other, like... Friendships. Friendships. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Friendships where there might be drama and stuff going on. And so it, it sucks your energy. It takes away from not only nurturing your relationship, but also nurturing yourself as an individual. Sure. That's, yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, something that 
I guess sometimes I notice is a little bit taboo to talk about. Um, I did actually speak with a, a sex therapist a couple episodes ago, and but I'm curious about what you guys think too. What do you guys think like sex, like healthy sex, looks like in a relationship or like in a long term relationship, especially? You know, men and women, our bodies and our brains are very different, and it's really hard to get those two to come together. Mm-hmm. So the masculine brain is able to really compartmentalize and focus like a hunter. And so when they want sex, it's like, ready, let's go. <laughs> yep. And the female brain is like, oh, what do I have to do later today? And did I finish paying the bills? And, and I got to clean out the closet. And, and, and they're like, what? Sex? What? You know? <laughs> and so most people these days go and get massages. And if you notice when you get a massage... The first 10, 15 minutes, your monkey brain's still settling down and then it settles down. And so women really need more of that upfront, outside of the bedroom stuff. Mm. You know, we call it preheating the oven or greasing the wheels or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, the, the soft music and the candlelight and the environment and the uh, effort um, section. <laughs> yeah really increases and there's actually some research research that says that if you want to have a a great sex life you should kiss your partner for six seconds four times a day interesting yeah and that and that starts a brain chemistry thing happening for the woman where she can finally get there oh and do you find like the like um dr ray like anything in terms of like men that would that you think helps with that well, for men, you know, sex is, it's pretty physical, yeah. right? But as men get older, self-esteem mm. and integrity have a lot to do with it. So what a man, man believes about himself and is going to reflect how he performs in the bedroom, right? And so that connection between him and his partner is v- very key. Yeah. You know, so those those guys out there that are just players and, you know, they are just looking to go out and, and have casual sex, you know, there isn't any bonding that's that's occurring, right? And so what happens is that they continue to distance themselves from people, not want to get closer. Yeah. You know, and it can become almost like an addiction. True, yeah. I've listened to a podcast where the girls... Um her now ex-husband was a sex addict and I didn't even like, I didn't even hear about her, like know about that in the past. And so you mentioning that, like, I'm just like, Hmm, I guess that's kind of how it starts, (laughs) which is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, And the, the increase of, you know, the, the access to pornography and other images on, on the internet, it really hijacks the male brain pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And it hits a part of the brain that has more to do with reward and pleasure than with bonding and connection. Yeah. And, and some men will actually stop having sex with their partners because of that. Yeah, we're seeing a, a huge trend, a negative trend in that in that area because of the influence of pornography. Oh, wow. Right? So now it's, it's affecting how men think about sex and what sex is, right? And then because it's hitting that pleasure center of the brain and activating the dopamine, you know, with a reward center. Yep. Now they are making some really poor associations with what sex and bonding between a couple is supposed to be. Interesting. And you see that with the couples you work with today? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we did a podcast. One of our episodes is called 10 Reasons Why Porn's Not Real. And it's not that it's not a real thing that people are doing, but it's that's not how normal sexuality yeah. happens. Yeah. It's very like and blown so, out of proportion and fake yeah. and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
100%. And women are not supposed to be the pursuers. In pornography, they're pursuers. So men get this idea that they just got to lay back and some woman's going to come and take their clothes off and jump on them <laughs> and find them to be fabulous. And it's actually supposed to be the opposite. Interesting, interesting. Um, I When I was, when I matched with you guys... <laughs> not on tinder on the pod match website um i was looking through your guys's bio and like your website and what have you and there was something i found really interesting um because you hear a lot about like couples going to therapy for different reasons like me and my boyfriend that was something that he brought up which is very strange because he's never the type of person to bring that up um when things got rocky with our relationship and i know like um married couples they go to marriage counseling um and i read on your website that you guys say marriage counseling can actually damage a relationship. Like, how? Well, you know, once we started our work with couples, everything that we pursued as far as education-wise yeah. was to inform ourselves more about that type of work, mm-hmm. right? Because it's very different than just individual counseling. Yeah. Okay. And my whole dissertation was done on marriage counseling, traditional marriage counseling. Okay. And how it's done with one therapist yeah. versus marriage counseling that's done with two therapists, specifically marriage therapists who are married, right? And so traditional marriage counseling is done by one therapist. Yeah. 80% of the time, it's a female therapist. Mm-hmm. And so right off the bat, there's a gender bias, okay? The man that's walking in is outnumbered. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of times what happens in traditional marriage counseling is that couples come in there, they start to argue and fight and they try to get the therapist to side with either one of them. I never thought of it that way. You're right. And so the therapist ends up feeling like a referee and being like a referee. Yeah. Excuse me. And then after the fact, there's always one person walking out of that session feeling slighted. Yeah. Right. And so we found that that is just not effective at all and actually can cause more damage in a relationship. Do you find the same thing with like couples that are not married yet? Like, do you think that that would work for them as well? You know, one of the things that we naturally do is compete. Yeah. (laughs) And if you're trying to form a team, you don't keep score with your teammate. And there's only two winners or two losers in the relationship. There's not a winner and a loser. Yeah. And so that's a really big shift people have to make from being an individual person to being part of a couple. And a lot of times when couples first come in, they are very selfish. My partner's not doing this for me. If they would do that, I would feel better. And they're not thinking about what do I have to offer? What am I contributing? Mm-hmm. And that shift is... The biggest shift in terms of feeling satisfied and purposeful and happy in a relationship is what you have to offer. And it's that kind of that weird thing that when you offer, you get back. Yeah. And when you try to grab, they're trying to grab too and nobody's getting fed. Interesting. Um, that's do you and do you find it all stems too, like literally just from communication? Well, communication is key. It's just a huge umbrella, right? Yeah. There's just so much underneath that. You know, and communication between the couple, communication between the therapists mm. that are working with them, yeah. you know, and it is so essential that people learn how to communicate within yeah. to be able to understand what their gut is telling them, you know, what their true authentic self is telling them, and then to be able to 
bond with a partner and communicate that to each other. I mean, that just is why relationships are so complex. Yeah. I've never heard of like a, like a marriage therapist or couples therapist being married and like helping couples. Like I've never seen this kind of dynamic before, which is really cool. And the more you guys talk about it, the more it makes sense in my brain. I'm just like, oh yeah, well, duh. Like, of course the male's going to walk in with the female therapist sitting there and feel outnumbered. But like as a female, I just never thought of it that way. But you guys bring up a very good point. And I'm just like, hmm, like that, that makes sense. <laughs> is there, one, is there of the, one of the products we're working on is for couples that are not married. Yeah. Of, of learning this kind of stuff. And we don't learn it in our culture. No. Communication is only about 15% words. True. Yeah. You have like 85% is, you know, the body language yeah, and the proximity and yeah. tone and all that kind of stuff that people aren't aware how much they're communicating between themselves without that. And they don't understand in themselves why they're communicating like yeah. that. So we do work on all those levels with people. Huh. I, I like that. Um, Something else that I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion and thoughts on is um, conflicts in a relationship. Like you have, I've been in relationships that were very toxic and very negative. Um, And then like sometimes because of that, like in a new relationship, you might bring those, that baggage and that trauma with you and then cause unnecessary conflict with a new person, for example. So like what does a healthy conflict look like in a relationship? Like how do you keep it so that it doesn't sabotage the relationship that you're in well conflict in a relationship is inevitable all right i use the example of a credit card right that bill is always going to be due and you have a choice on whether you're going to pay it now or you're going to pay it later with interest <laughs> and typically couples they just kind of sweep things under the carpet yeah right and as a relationship becomes more vulnerable as you invest more well the risk increases And so because of that, conflict is going to happen, right? But conflict can be something that, you know, promotes growth in a relationship. True. Especially if a couples learn from each other and learn from the conflict. But too often, couples want to back away from that. Or they want to, like, quote, unquote, win the argument. (laughs) Or win, right. I mean, if you're looking out for yourself, you're not looking out to actually learn and grow together. Mm -hmm then it is going to be a competition. Yeah, I'd like to say something too, because the word trauma is a really big buzzword right now. And it's a natural part of the human experience. Every single person on this planet has been through something that we would call a trauma. Trauma trauma really is a disconnect between your physical existence and your fear of surviving in the world, right? And when it's... of an emotional nature, your body responds the same way. And so emotionally, if you feel like your partner's abandoning you or something, that'll feel the same way as a life-threatening event. And trauma is supposed to bring wisdom for us. So the way we go through difficult things and how we respond to them can bring resilience and wisdom so that you're not bringing that baggage to the next relationship. But we see outward, we don't see inward. And so we don't realize our own participation in the response to the trauma mm-hmm. to, to, well, the best way I can say it is what is fertilizer made of? Poop. <laughs> and Shit. it helps us grow, right? Yeah. And so the, the crap in our life too is actually there to help us grow, not to just sit in and be like, well, this stinks. 
That's, I like that analogy. <laughs> That's a great analogy. I'm going to use that. That's great. Um, I know for me, like, sometimes I'm better at it now than when I used to be, but I used to be like, oh, well, like, so-and-so did this in the past, so you're going to do the same thing. Like, and I worked on that myself. Um, like, I speak with my own therapist just for myself and my own mental health, and I've worked kind of, or continue to work through that, those ideas. Um, do you see that a lot, too, with, with couples that kind of bring from one to the other? I guess if you work with married couples, you wouldn't see it as much, but... Yeah, most people really don't understand how they're showing up because our first relationship is parent-child. Yeah. And so people really actually need to learn the skills to have an adult-adult relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's how we look at relationships very developmentally, not pathologically. Obviously, if it's a relationship that's pathological, if somebody is a serial cheater or has a bad addiction or something and is treating their partner terribly, we wouldn't even do couples work with someone like that. Yeah. But most people love each other and they just don't know what to do mm. or how to do it. And so we do a lot of education and growth around that. And most people are able to get that and understand themselves better and their partners better and, and thrive through their relationship instead of just sort of surviving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You kind of have to be able to like work, recognize, like you mentioned, like recognize what's in what, what's within you and like, how what you can bring to the relationship and you have to be able to work on yourself first before you can kind of like work with somebody else to begin with. <laughs> yeah, that's why we see the individual work that we do mm -hmm. with each part of the couple as essential, you know, yeah. to doing the couple's work as well. So it's each person is growing mm -hmm. within themselves and then they can grow together yeah. as a couple as well. Exactly. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, something else I saw on your guys' website, this this I didn't understand, and I wanted to ask you guys. So you have red flags in a relationship. Obviously, you have cheating. You have um, some people could consider pornography a red flag. Um, there's, like, lying. Uh, like, so many different things can be a red flag. You talked about yellow and blue flags. What the heck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so yellow flags you think about as, like, cautionary. Okay. The cautionary yellow flag, right? And this is typically couples who are... Uh, not really investing in the relationship. So, like, okay. they're, like, they're like half-assing it? Well, they're just kind of distracted. Okay. You know, maybe they're distracted by life and kids and career and everything, and so they stop investing time and quality time, specifically, in the relationship. Okay. And the relationship kind of starts to wither, right? Like a plant, if you're not feeding mm -hmm. it, it is going to start dying, Okay. And so these are typical behaviors like couples not sleeping together in the same bed. Maybe they're you're co-sleeping with a, a child because the child is not is having trouble sleeping. Um, maybe they are they're not spending any quality time together. They do family time, you know, with the kids together as a family, but not just as a couple. Because I was going to say, wouldn't that be a red flag? But you're still with the family, so you're technically you're still there. So it wouldn't be red, red flag. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, red flags. If you want to think of it as really dysfunctional, I mean, we're talking about someone, dangerous. Yeah, someone who has an active uh, substance abuse issue, mm -hmm. or someone, you know, there's physical violence going on in the relationship. Yeah. Um, there's an active affair that's going yeah. on too. Um, so this is like really, really dysfunctional, and and. Typically, these are couples that, that really should, you know, seek out some some type of... Individual work. Yeah, individual work, because mm -hmm. the couple's work at this point is, is just contraindicated. It's not, okay. not safe 
to work on the relationship. Okay. So when you, you know, in contrast, you have blue flags, and blue flags are like the relationships on life support. Interesting. Right? Okay. This is typically where you're going to have couples who there's a little bit of deception going on. You know, maybe they're talking to uh, friends of opposite gender, and they're investing more in that friendship than they are in their relationship. I feel like 20-year-olds would say that's a red flag. <laughs> well, that's that's great, <laughs> you know, because from blue would go, go into red. Okay, okay, okay. And, and a lot of times that's done out of uh, maybe a little bit more desperation than, than the actual manipulation of a red flag Mm -hmm. you know and so it's like oh i don't know how to talk to my girlfriend so i'm gonna go talk to this girl i work with about it and i'm not trying to date this girl or or trying to deceive my partner i'm I'm just sort of lost but that can but that can stem to like a flirtatious banter and then like progress from there that's why it's a blue flag because it'll kill the relationship so the yellow flags don't kill a relationship they erode the bond the red flags, you're not even in a relationship. You're in an abuse pattern. Mm-hmm. And the blue flags is like the selfishness. Is I'm not going to share what's going on with my money. I'm not going to let you know where I'm going and who mm-hmm. I'm hanging out with or when I'm coming back. Um, and so there's this, there's this separation. There's like this area of the other person's life that they just don't want their partner involved in. Interesting. And that's never a healthy thing. That's always something we're probably not supposed to be doing. Yeah. I can see so how that would kill a relationship. Yeah. But it's not necessarily the abuse of the red. Gotcha. And I think that that's too what people kind of um, are like misinformed about because people would say like all those examples you just mentioned, I've heard people say those are red flags, like get out of there, like don't, whatever. But it's not to the extent of abuse of physical abuse of of all addictions and all that stuff so i can see now like the difference between i just never heard of that before (laughs) yeah and i think people just use the term red flag in general yeah we just have different levels of the red flag yeah true there are things that go against the relationship for sure Mm -hmm. we're just saying it's you know and people in a blue flag relationship they can heal from that if they understand why they're doing what they're doing and if they're willing to be open and transparent. Mm. And they typically have some type of childhood something, like maybe their parents got divorced and one of the parents was screwed over financially. Yeah. So now they're in a relationship, they want to protect that. Yeah. And they don't realize that that's actually damaging the relationship. Gotcha, gotcha. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard of that. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, I do have two more questions before you, for you guys before I let you guys go. Um, so what would be the best relationship advice you guys have gotten from somebody and then the best relationship relationship advice you guys have given to couples? I I would say the best relationship advice that I've gotten is my dad. Wow. Yeah. My dad saying to me, like when I was in my twenties and, you know, and kind of really trying to, to find uh, a healthy relationship. The question he always asked me was, does she soothe you? Huh. And soothing is just, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, for me, I was very kind of uh, just in turmoil, right? Within. And so did the relationship to the person that I was with, does it calm me, right? Did it bring about a soothing effect? And it didn't really click 
until later on in life when Gene and I got back, got together, right? And that's when I kind of found out what that really meant. Aww. <laughs> and I, I think for me at our wedding, um, the priest said marriage isn't a 50-50, it's a 90-10. Mm-hmm. And what he was talking about is that when you're busy doing 90% of something in the relationship and your partner's not really aware of that because they're doing 10%, You have to remember they're somewhere else doing their 90% that you're only doing 10% of. And so we can't compare things like apples to apples and keep score like that. And we, you know, the more you just show up and get done what needs to get done and try your best to, there was another person that calls it good customer service. Like give your partner the best customer service that you have. And, And when you receive that back, then, you know, there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of, uh, safety and security in the relationship as opposed to what can I get? Yeah, in terms of being selfish against it. What would be the best relationship advice you would, guys would give? I'm going to be specific here just for the for our podcast sake. Um, the best relationship advice you would give to people in their mid, late, let's say mid, late 20s. So I would say for the guys out there, I would say don't lose your integrity for the sake of other people. I like that. You have to learn your integrity too. Then you have to learn it first, but don't lose it. Don't lose your integrity (laughs) because too often what guys do is they disconnect from, you know, how to be the best man you can be in this world, you know, and they sacrifice that for what other people are telling them to be. I agree with that. Yep. And for women, I would say become the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And when you're whole in yourself and you know how to meet your needs and you love and genuinely care for yourself and know yourself, you're not going to tolerate someone coming and taking any part of that away. If they're not adding to your life, you won't stay in that relationship. I, uh, it's funny you say that now. So I wrote, there's two articles I got. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. It's called Thought Catalog. It's like a blogging they post like articles of they publish articles of of different writers so i've gotten two articles published and one of them was 10 things i learned after a year of therapy and that was one of them what you just said <laughs> was if they don't if you reevaluate your friendships and the people in your life and if they don't add value to it then sayonara <laughs> so the fact that you just said that makes me laugh <laughs> yeah it's really hard for girls because we mm-hmm. are we learn in our domestication to think about everyone else yeah and when we do that, we lose ourselves. And when we lose ourselves, we're very vulnerable to being taken advantage of. Yeah. Awesome. Um, if you guys could tell yourselves, your 20-year-old self, anything or give them any advice at all in general, what would you say to them? <laughs> As he giggles. <laughs> that you're way better than you think you are. Huh. You know, there's people people look at in their own bodies and they look in the mirror and they see flaws Mm -hmm. and then 20 years later you look at a picture of yourself and go what was I thinking (laughs) you know and we get so focused on this moment and you know we're good people and we are good looking and we are enough and you don't have to compromise who you are to try to get someone else to believe that Mm -hmm. I love that Dr. Ray what would you say I would probably tell myself, my 20-year-old self, to adhere to the golden rule, right? And the golden rule is treat others as you would treat yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't treat others better than you treat yourself. 
treat others as you would treat yourself. And so keep keep that in mind and and always know that you are as equal as other people. That's awesome. That's those are that's great advice for literally everybody too. Um, before I let you guys go, where can my listeners find you? I know that you're in the states and we're in Canada, but like, well, it, you know. The quickest way really is to look up our podcast, Couple Synergy, Real Couples, Real Stories, Real Relationships. And awesome. you can, can get that anywhere. You, you guys do you guys like interview you guys interview couples on your on your show? Half of our show is uh, Gene and I talking about relationship concepts and then the other half is interviewing couples about their relationships and their relationship stories, which is really an amazing journey. We've uh, interviewed couples all over the world. Wow. Which is really cool. Yeah, and otherwise you can reach us at couplesynergy.com. Awesome. Very cool. Um, I want to say thank you guys for taking up some of your, your afternoon to chat with me. Um, I learned a lot of things and some enlightening things. I'm going to literally go talk to my boyfriend and be like, so did you know what this is and this is? Um, <laughs> so I appreciate you guys and I appreciate your guys' time and I'm definitely going to um, listen to your guys' podcast as well. So. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Of course. Have a great afternoon, and we will chat soon. Awesome. Okay. Take care. Bye, guys. Super cool that they came on. They wanted to chat with with me, us, me. Well, technically, they're chatting with us. Um, And just to kind of hear how they work with couples. I've never seen therapists who are actually a couple who work with other couples um, in that therapy lens. So I think that was really cool and really interesting to hear and eye-opening. Um, uh, it's funny, off the air, they were like, would you guys want to be on our podcast? And I'm like, oh my God. So that'll be, that would be cool if that ever happened. Uh, but uh, I love getting just these different perspectives. You know what I mean? And like different advice. And like, I love, love, love hearing what advice that they wish that they knew when they were in their 20s and I think that currently we can learn so much from other people's advice you know what I mean like because um as you go through you gain experience you learn things from your from your uh successes from your failures from the hard you learn like the hard lessons so like being able to look back and be like well I would tell my 20 year old self this I think that's really interesting especially to learn from from others who have been through different experiences and have been through different walks of and you know everything of life so um and what uh dr dr ray and and dr jean said i think is is awesome and i think that it's those are all lessons that we should carry on um and advice that we should use in our current daily lives as people in our 20s so that was super cool um I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as I as much as I enjoyed having it and I hope that you guys pick something out of our conversation that maybe you apply in your relationship whether that be with your partner or a friendship um you know always work on that communication piece everyone can work on that communication piece and everyone can kind of work on themselves and and make sure that they are the best versions of themselves because honestly if you don't work on that and you don't love yourself how can you love somebody else right so um but been a great talk today and i hope you guys all have an amazing week and i can't wait to chat with you guys next week so happy whatever day you're listening to this too and i will talk to you guys all next week